Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So everyone, welcome back to the show. And guess what? Today, it's me again. I want to talk about our home environment and the role that really plays in purifying our homes and how it impacts our health and yes, even managing our body weight. This episode is actually brought to you by one of my friends, Ryan, because after listening to my interview with uh, Dr. Donna Mazzola, which was amazing, I mean, the, we call her um, autoimmune girl, Dr. Autoimmune girl, I should say, let me not get that wrong. He reached out to me to ask, because he wanted me to speak more about purifying our homes. And yes, this is another topic that is unfortunately quite overlooked, but plays such an important role in our lives. So guess what, Ryan? You ask, and ye shall receive. See, years ago, this saying has stuck with me for a very long time. Someone told me that you can't change the price of gas. This thing stuck with me for years. And at first, I didn't even fully comprehend it. But what that ultimately means is that you can only control what you can control. Why waste time complaining about things that you just don't have control over? Because in reality, that's what we tend to do. I even have to catch myself sometimes. But over the years, I've, I've been training myself to focus on what I actually can control and things that I actually can change. And our homes is usually that one thing that we really have control over. And when I talk about our homes, I mean like the air we breathe, the water we drink, the temperature in our homes, the products we clean with, and so much more. But before I get into the episode, I want to stop and get a little nostalgic. I want to share the story behind the Zico Health Show. See, years ago, I studied, actually, I wouldn't say years ago, I grew up with really bad asthma and really bad allergies. And whenever my, I would, the pollen count is bad or my allergies would act up, I would have a hard time breathing. So I knew that my allergies wasn't tied to activity, especially as I was older, I was really active. And I've been fit basically most of my adult life, but never seemed to kick those issues. And my doctor had me on um, albuterol. Uh, they kicked me up to Advair later on and some pills for my allergies that I don't even know the name of it. And I would ask my doctor, is there anything that I can do to get off this medicine? Yes, I would take my medicine, but I'm in my mid-30s now. Like if I keep taking this stuff, I'm going to be on this stuff the rest of my life. And he didn't use the words no, but he kind of smiled at me and told me, well, you know, just take your medicine. It's not really, he didn't really give me much. So I said to myself, you know what? There has to be something I can do. So I started studying on my own. And the first book I picked up was the book by Dr. Stephen Gundry called The Plant Paradox. And if if you want to improve your gut health, that's an awesome book. And I started, he started, he was talking about lectins and leaky gut. And I'm like, hmm, okay, 
I've never heard of these before, and especially leaky gut, because now there are still doctors who are questioning it, which I don't fully understand why. But back then, it was even more of um, more of something to kind of shun on. People are like, no, I don't think th- I don't think this is right. But being the skeptic that I am, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this exact program. But I made some changes. And lo and behold, as I made changes, I started feeling better. I was taking my medication less. So I started listening to podcasts like um, Ben Greenfield and uh, Sean Stevenson, two of my favorites up to this day. And they would bring on experts. And they, um, they, they, would, they would have books or talk about their books. And I would, and then I thought about one that was interesting. I said, hmm, let me read it and find out. Like, for example, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind and learning how sugar impacts dopamine and, and mental health. And even even our motivation, you know, um, there's in time there's a book that was about, um, let's say, gut health or inflammation. And I'll pick it up and I'll read it and I'll absorb it. I started learning more. And as I was going through, I was getting better and better and take my medication less and less and less. Now, long story short. It's been two years, I would say two years, actually more than two years, two years and a couple months, I believe since I renewed my medicine the last time. So that goes to show, guess what? We can take control of our health. Yes, we can take control of our health. And that's something that a lot of us don't realize because we're so stuck in Western medicine. And I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to tell you to stop taking your medicine. But what I'm telling you is that the reason why I have this show, and even when I bring on experts, like gut health specialists, dietitians, doctors, endocrinologists, so on and so forth, is to teach you the habits that you need to improve your health. And my focus is weight loss, or not just weight loss, but weight management, because over 42% of Americans are obese. And if you, if you remember my episode with Dr. Mazzola, she stated that just by having excess body fat, you create excess inflammation. So just by losing excess body fat, by in theory, you can have less inflammation. So... The, that's why I focus on weight management is to get us to that point to where we, our bodies are operating the way it's designed, including building lean muscle and losing weight. So, now, I want to add one more thing before I get into the episode. I want to read one of my latest five-star review. This is from Tashin Dangle. And it said, Zico is so informative. I've been following Zico for a while on different platforms. And now here, he's always provided the most useful health-based information. I love learning from him. He always backs up what he's providing as well from really good sources. Well, I don't think she said really, she said good sources, but I added a really into it. But thank you so much. Um, I would say Tarnish Dangle. I'm not sure who you are, but you're awesome. And anyone, if you get good quality content out of this or any of my episodes, Go to Apple, give your boy a five stars, and leave me a comment. I don't know if it means anything as far as um, the visibility of my show, but it shows that I'm touching people, I'm helping people, and that means the world to me. Now, with that being said, let's get this puppy started. Now, I want to break this episode into sections. I want to start this episode with how we start our day. So I'm going to start with a start. See, I've read articles, and even on my past shows, I've said this before, that the average American 
is exposed to at least five stressors within the first couple hours of the day. In fact, it was actually a guest on one of Sean Stevenson's podcasts. I heard it from the first time and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's life-changing. Just understanding that. Now, let me explain. See, first is the hard sound of the alarm. That ink, ink, ink that kicks you out of sleep, especially if you haven't slept well and you're exhausted, especially if you went to bed the night before and you didn't hit um, really deep sleep until maybe three, four o'clock. Your body doesn't have time to really go through proper sleep cycles. Then the alarm kicks you out of what level of sleep that you're in. That's the first stressor, spiking your cortisol levels. Then you hurry up because you got to take a shower. If you have kids, you have to get them ready. If you have a husband, especially if he's rowdy like me, he's another kid, so you got to yell at him to get ready. Then where's my coffee? If you're driving to Orlando, where for some reason people drive like five miles an hour here, even if they're not around Disney World, I don't, don't really understand that. But you may have road rage. I can't blame you. I've yelled at people myself. So what does this really do? It spikes your cortisol in the mornings. It wakes you up in an already stressful state. And I want to stop. I don't want to say cortisol is a bad hormone or a bad neurotransmitter. It's very important for production of the body. It's about having that excess that your body does need. Constantly putting your body under stress. So there's research. Um, it's, uh, in, it's published in PubMed. It's labeled physiology, cortisol states, that cortisol acts, actually, let me, let me repeat that. It says, it's titled Physiology, Cortisol States. Actually, I'm wrong. It's labeled Physiology, Cortisol. I might actually double check that because now I'm completely confused, but I will put a link to it in, in the show notes. <laughs> but it states that cortisol acts on the liver, muscle, adipose tissue, and pancreas. It goes on to say that um, the presence of um, glucocorticoids, such as cortisol, increase the availability of blood glucose to the brain. So what does that mean? If you're constantly in a stressful state, your body thinks you're always in, basically always in danger. Some say running from a bear, running from a tiger. Your body doesn't know the difference. All it knows is that you're in danger. Now, remember that our body needs sugar for quick energy. And have you not realized that when you are in a stressful state and when you feel stressed out, you crave sugary foods? Because, you see, on top of cortisol, the excess sugars play on the dopamine receptors, a.k.a. the pleasure center in your brain. This I actually learned from the Code of the Extraordinary Mind, by the way. I picked that the first time I heard about it and I dove deeper into it. Very good book. But it talks about how sugar plays on the dopamine receptors in your brain, the feel-good receptors in your brain. Now, what are some things we can do here? You see, the best way to manage your cortisol levels is by getting quality sleep. And I don't have to mention any studies here because anyone who is sleep-deprived will tell you how much worse they feel versus the day that they get quality sleep. I mean, can't you? You see, I know I'm less patient when I don't get quality sleep. And 
in the, in the future, I will release an episode on quality sleep. But anyone who's been listening for a while knows that on my blog, I do have a full-blown article on um, how to reset your circadian rhythm so you can get quality sleep. I think it's the Orgain. I'm drinking it. I just finished working out. It has no alcohol in it, of course, my protein drink. But for some reason, I just can't seem to talk. I'm going to take another sip and keep going. Now, here are some quick tips on how to get quality sleep if you haven't read that article yet. One, it really starts with the habits that you have the night before. Keep your home cool. You see, cool mimics nighttime. If you're hot and sweating, it makes it hard for you to fall asleep. Some experts say 65 to 68 degrees. I say whatever makes you comfortable. I turn my AC to between 69 and 71, depending on the night. Um, now, I'm a little strange. When I'm a little strange, I'm actually very strange because I actually turn my um, AC off during the day and open the doors. I live in Florida. Some say it's hot. For me, feels great. And I just let the cool air through for hours throughout the day. And then at night, that's when I turn my AC on. I just save a lot of money. My light bill is pretty low. But that's probably because I, I drew just only run it for like maybe seven hours a day. After the sun goes down, though, the next thing is that you need to minimize exposure to blue light. Close the curtains. Use blue light blocking curtains if possible. You can get them on Amazon. Also, make sure to get a pair of blue light blocking glasses especially if you're watching TV at night. I mean, right now, the NBA playoffs is going on, so I have my blue light blockers, and I watch the game until I get sleepy, and then I go in my bedroom. I don't have a TV in my room on purpose. And any light that you're going to have on at night, make sure to use the blue light blocking gloves for the air of that room. So I have in my bathroom, it's the only light I, because I, of course, I shower, you know, not as nasty as people would think. And I, um... I that's the only room I go to after the sun goes down. So I have blue light blocking gloves, like blue light blocking bulbs that I got from Amazon that, uh, of course, I have it there. So that way I don't get the false UV light or say the UV light that's going to wake my body up, making it hard for me to go back to sleep. Now, turn on the blue light blocking filter on your phone. In fact, Mine comes on automatically every night at nine. See, if I send my screen, my friends a screenshot after nine, it's like bright orange and they get mad at me. <laughs> like, it looks weird. They say, well, wait for the screenshot tomorrow because I'm not turning my blue light blocking filter off, man. And uh, here's a page, actually. If you, um, it's in the show notes. There's a page on Amazon where you can actually get all these products. So there's a link to it. You can click on it, get all the stuff that you need to set yourself up to block out that fake UV light at night. Right here in the show notes. I think I'm actually going to make the show notes uh, zikahealth.com slash uh, home environment. I think that's going to be perfect for the for your show notes. But uh, it's going to be there. So, And also, it's going to be in the description of the podcast. Click on the show notes, get the stuff that you need. You're all set. The next thing here is uh, set your alarm to a soft tone or a light. Um, light may not work for some people. Light probably doesn't probably wouldn't work for me. I've never even tried it, but... I know my limitations. So I make it a more pleasurable, 
morning experience, right? With a more soft noise. I'm a Manchester City fan. Anybody that listens to this who watches EPL or the Champions League, we just lost. Bummer. I was looking for Aguero to go out with uh go out on top, but didn't quite happen that way. But hmm. Pep is gonna regroup and see what he can do next year. Anyway, I digress. So it might actually it says um see I lost my train of thought. It says go city, go city, go city, and it's a pretty soft tone. And it wakes me up and then I'm it made me think about Man City, so you know. Usually we're winning, so I'm usually happier, but it is what it is. But, but I wake up to a soft electrical tone, or you can wake up to a nice soft music, you know, classical, jazz, anything that, you know, birds, animals, you know, whatever you want to set it to. So these are just a few tips on sleep, right? And it's a good place to start. And like I said before, I will release an episode in the future um, detailing what are all the things you can really do to improve your sleep quality so you can wake up feeling like a million bucks and take on the world now let's talk about water i assume say water or water depending on where you're from see there are so many studies that explain that drinking water 30 minutes before and after eating can improve thermogenesis which leads to more energy expenditure and weight loss. Now, let me explain what thermogenesis really is. When you drink water, your body has to heat it from the temperature, the room temperature to your body temperature. Your body actually uses up energy, aka calories, to burn and create that heat. So that's why they show that drinking water can help your body to burn more calories. So think about if you were to drink water 30 minutes before you eat, 30 minutes after you eat, and burn more, use up more energy around that time. And then you combine that with some walking, and bam, you're starting to burn more calories. I shouldn't say calories, actually, because that's a dirty word. I don't like to use it. You're using more energy around the time that you're eating, using the food and the nutrients you have in your body more appropriately. See, two months ago, I think episode five, I remember which episode it is anymore. I released an episode on toxins in our drinking water. And uh, if you go to show notes, I'll put a link to that direct episode. It's on water and hydration. But in short, quality tests show that from tap to even bottled water. Yes, even bottled water. So don't think because you're drinking bottled water, you're safe. There can be over 100 toxins. And that's just the ones that they found. And it was stuff like Tylenol, rocket fuel, farming residue, and so many other things. I was like, I, even I was surprised. Like I read this, I was like, okay, I know water is bad, but God, man. So go back, go back into that episode because I also get some recommendations, things you can do. But if you drink water from the tap, which I actually do, to be honest, and I use zero water because it removes a lot more toxins than pure or brea. It's my favorite filter. Um, if you can afford it, replace the shower heads in your home. Because remember, and my man Sean Stevenson always says this, our skin is our largest detox, ox, detox organ. <laughs> the toxic water we, um, we tend to shower with and wash our hands with, even brush our teeth, seeps into our bloodstream. What do you think that's doing? 
So yeah, you're filtering the water that you're drinking, but your body is still taking in all that water from all, all the other activities that we do. Now, taking a, a, a swig of my um, orgain here, but let's talk about air quality. If you talk to anyone who struggles with asthma, they will tell you the challenges they face when they're surrounded by, I would, I would say pure, but maybe not pure, poor air. And guess what? Poor air quality doesn't just impact people with asthma. There's an article on um, epa.gov, and yes, it will be in the show notes. And it indicates that research has linked regulated air pollutants such as ozone and particular matter to lung and heart disease and other health problems. Hmm, really? Are we surprised? You didn't know that breathing toxic air was bad for us? It's not even something new. See, we can't always control the air outside our homes though. Going back to we can't control the price of gas. I mean, yes, we can lobby and protest. I'm not saying there's nothing we can do. Yes, we can lobby and protest, show our support. But it's not ultimately our decision. It's, a lot of it is out of our control. Now, if we can get the government to rely on clean air and, you know, we have better air quality, that's, that's, that would be awesome. And I, I definitely support anyone that supports that agenda because we need good air quality, especially like living in New York. I'm sorry, I live in, in Florida and my colleagues live in Cali, all the states are telling me about even the pollen from the trees, how they look because of how, how, how bad the air quality is. You know, the, um, they go outside and there are people who I've known that left California for a couple of weeks because they were having fires and issues and they just couldn't breathe. So air quality plays such a huge role. There's a study, it's um, published in the um, Journal of Environmental, I can't talk and I can't read and period I just can't write today. But the studies are online in the journal Environment International. And it links air pollution to changes in structure and function of the human gut microbiome. Now, I've talked about the human gut microbiome. How many times? How important that is for our energy levels, or yes, even our weight, our health, and so many factors. And don't have to just take my word for it. There's so many studies now. There are doctors, naturopathic, even doctors who are not natu naturopathic, who will tell you these very same things. Our human genome makes such a huge difference. Our microbiome, the powerhouse of our cells. If you want to be healthy, you have to have a healthy microbiome. This study, which, yes, it will be in the show notes because apparently I can't write my titles right today. It explains that breathing dirty air takes a heavy toll on gut bacteria. Boosting or boosting a risk of obesity, diabetes, gastrointestinal disorders, and other chronic illnesses. So, it's natural for me to talk about things we can do to improve the air quality in our homes. Number one, have houseplants. I've recently realized I have a pretty good um, green thumb. My friend just moved and gave me a money tree, and I've had a money tree for a week. And I should have sent her some pictures today and showed her, look how nice it's growing, because I'm just excited. Um, I, I make sure I water it every day. I sing to it sometimes, too. I'm not going to sing on the show because I'm trying to keep my listeners, 
But the money tree tends to enjoy my singing because, you know, she's growing. She's beautiful. But common houseplants can improve indoor air quality by taking in carbon dioxide and releasing oxygen. Many common houseplants also have the ability to remove traces of toxic chemicals from the air. So especially if you have asthma and you want to improve the air quality of your home, having trees and plants can definitely help with that. And if anything, they're really pretty too. And you know, if you're still working from home or you know, studying from home gives you something to do on your break time. And, you know, you fall in love with it. It's like you really fall in love with your plants and your trees. They're like your babies. Two is um, get an air purifier. And it says in the name, purifier. So I don't have to explain what that is. Purifier is the air you breathe in your home. Very important. Three, air out your home. I talked about it earlier. I keep my doors open. Open the windows and doors from time to time. Let some fresh air in. So I open the windows and doors in my home for at least one hour each day. At least one hour, sometimes longer. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make my neighbors mad. So sometimes I have to close it, but at least for an hour. And when I say this, I'm assuming that the air that's in your area is fresh where you live. That's very important. I'm not saying this as a pun. Air pollution is a real thing. And we actually do need to spend more of our time fighting it because it is a real thing. I don't care what anybody tells me. You don't have to be a scientist to tell me that it's a real thing. And if you're a scientist tell me it isn't a real thing, you, I'm going to second guess your credentials. Fourth is um, get essential oils along with a diffuser. My diffuser is actually set to start spraying at 530 every morning. See, I wake up at six most days and I wake up feeling amazing. And the air smells great. Um, essential oils do more than just make your home smell nice, though. There are studies that show they can control or even remove fungi, which leads me to my next point. Natural cleaning products. Many of these products are actually made with essential oils, which is a great alternative to synthetic chemicals. And rightfully so. There are more companies now that are actually providing these natural cleaning products. I mentioned this on my episode that I used to struggle with asthma, right? One of the worst asthma attacks I ever had was after using a really strong cleaner. Now, full disclosure, though, I couldn't have done a better job of airing out my room. But these strong chemicals, even in small doses, so even if you don't have an asthma attack on the spot, they still destroy your lungs and your gut, causing inflammation causing oxidative stress. Now remember, inflammation is not bad, oxidative stress is not bad, but your body can only respond to so much. I don't have a discount code here, but I use products from Growth Collaborative. I don't have a partnership with them. But there are many companies out there that provide natural products. And if I ever develop a partnership, I will um, make sure to share with everyone and give you uh, a code so you can get a discount. But there are many there are many out there that do provide natural products. You can start by even, you know, going through the aisle in Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and, you know, any stores that, that sell, you know, natural products. You can even um, purchase products from Amazon. I started by buying my um, deodorant because I don't like, because I don't, I'm trying to get, I was trying to get deodorant without aluminum, right? Because that's just not good for my skin and my, and my body to soak that in. So I got it from Amazon and I absolutely love it. There are also stuff like 
you know, face cream, lip balm, and so many other things that you can get from Amazon, actually, natural products. The other thing that's really scary if you live in the U.S., and I want you to be mindful of this, there are many chemicals that are banned in other countries that we allow in America. I'm going to say that again. There are many chemicals banned in other countries that we allow in America. I believe it's Canada that doesn't even allow imports of plastic with BPA. Think about that. In my episode I, on water and hydration, it sounds like two tiles, but the same thing, water and hydration. I talked about BPA and the damage it does to our bodies. Yet, we still allow it in the US. Isn't that just wild? It's sometimes, and I think it was Dr. Carolyn Stone, who's also another amazing doctor. And she explained to me that sometimes it's just what we're willing to fight for. You know, I'm, I'm a proponent of working hard. Anybody knows me knows, like knows me personally, I put a hundred percent, some say 110%, quote unquote, right? Of anything that I do, but I never do anything added to the detriment of my health. Because at the end of the day, if I don't have my health, I don't have anything. I'm not gonna push myself to make somebody else rich and destroy my health in the process. Not even myself, because if I'm rich and I die early, what did I accomplish? I refuse to do anything to the detriment of my health. So now that we know this, let's diminish our exposure to environmental toxins. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.